0: Hello and welcome to Baseball BarberCast. This is Jordan Schusterman. All by my lonesome, I am recording this in the past, last week, uh, because what you are about to hear, this episode of Baseball BarberCast on this Monday, was all recorded in the past, because as I record this several days before my wedding... I've made the, I think, understandable executive decision. We will not be recording anything on Monday, but we did want to, of course, deliver some content to this feed, and so we recorded a mailbag. You heard some of that last week on Wednesday. We have a couple more fantastic questions that we answered last week that we thought were some fun conversations. So what this episode is going to be is going to be the first half. You're going to hear uh, some more mailbag answers and then in the second half, you're going to hear a couple more conversations that we had back at the Futures game. Uh, two ones that you did not hear, the, the extended versions yet, that we thought were especially entertaining and enjoyable. Um, so before we get to those, uh, I'll, I'll intro those after after the mailbag. Um, but that is the general plan. We will, of course, be back on Wednesday with the normal episode, responding to all the stuff that has happened in the past week. Uh, but until then, we hope you understand and enjoy this uh, Monday edition which is a little, bit, a little bit different. So without further ado, I am going to send it over to some of the mailbag questions that we answered recently. Again, as always, you can email us at baseballbarbacast at gmail.com. We've been getting so many great questions and, and comments and ridiculous hypotheticals that we look forward to answering in future episodes as well. So keep those emails coming. Uh, but without further ado, here are some, some mailbag questions and then I'll introduce our guests uh, after that. Our next question... This from Sam.
1: Sam says, hey, guys, not the first time, but it's been a long time. The last time we talked on the phone during a CFBBQ road trip, mainly about Rob Kaminsky. Quick break. This is something that Jordan and I used to do in our younger years is we would like go on our Snapchat and we would say, DM us your number. We'll call you in the car. And we used to just call random people yes on road trips and just talk to them for like 20
0: minutes it was pop, great and then just one of my favorite things we ever did because yeah we awesome. were just this is when we was like oh well we have like six hours to drive right. like we're bored we don't want to listen to the same playlist over and over let's yeah. just call people that follow us and <laughs> ask them how their day's going it was like one one-on-one
1: it was like one-on-one call-in radio
0: it was it, like- was it was amazing um and i would love to maybe replicate that sometime in the future Anyway, Sam says, here's a deadline-related question. Do you have any oddly specific trade deadline memories of exciting or disappointing deadlines that felt consequential at the time but are completely inconsequential now? I I remember congregating with my brothers and some friends to watch the coverage of the 2006 deadline and being very annoyed that the only move the Red Sox were rumored to make was acquiring Kip Wells, who they then didn't even get. He went to Texas. I can never forget Kip Wells now because my 12-year-old self was so mad about his brief association with the Red Sox. Then he has a bonus question, which I also want to answer. But let's talk about the deadline thing first.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I think about deadline moves, the one that always stands out for me, Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman are driving through Western Utah in a 2008 Toyota Highlander towards the Bonneville Salt Flats. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Oh, yes. Okay. And in 2016. We get a, 2016. We get a ping on our phones. Breaking. The day after the All-Star game, to be clear. So it was not really the trade deadline yet, Right, but it's it the brain. day
0: or two days after. Yeah, right. Yeah.
1: Drew Pomerantz from the Padres to the Red Sox for Anderson Espinosa, who at the time was a big deal pitching prospect. And I remember pulling over to the side of a highway in Utah to be like, this is huge. Espinoza for Pomerantz, no way. And now it's like uh, whatever. And like Pomerantz ended up back on the Padres. Right. And, you know. Pomranz in my head.
0: Pomerantz is apparently on the 60-day IL for the Padres. Has not pitched in the big league since 2021. Um, but, uh, that is a great one. That is a great one. That's like a more extreme version of our reaction to the Khalil Watson trade, just because it was like this prospect and Espinoza was, it's a little bit more complicated story, but that's a great one. Yeah. I, I vaguely remember that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, now it's, it's interesting. You know, I certainly remember the more recent ones because we've been working them, but I mean, I remember, I mean, you getting traded to the, to the Red Sox. I remember, I remember, I remember all the Yohannes trades pretty well.
1: Yoannis um, getting traded to the Red Sox. We were staying in my uncle's apartment in New York mm-hmm. City in 2014. Mm-hmm. And we were staying in my cousin's beds. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. they were like eight and nine-year-old yes. girls. And so the beds were yes. like too short for us. Mm-hmm. And I remember waking up a little hungover mm-hmm. at nine and you just were on your laptop. Like, I was and just you, like, oh, "You're Red like Sox. No, I just remember you, you went, Yoannis got traded. And I was like, what? <laughs> You're like, Yoannis country. This is,
0: also remember, like at this point, we are, of course, the biggest Yoannis uh, fans. But this is, right, this is 2014. Like we probably yeah. have like 3,000 Twitter followers or something. Yeah. Which is a lot at it's the time. And a lot uh, now, That's a great. No, I remember that super well. Wow. Yeah. And then we uh, proceeded to pretend that never happened. Ah, uh, one quick thing here because uh, Sam also adds a question. It says bonus question: most ill-advised or ill-fated jersey or jersey purchase. Mine still remains a Daniel Bard Red Sox jersey, two thousand ten. I saw Brian Mann at Camden Yards yesterday, which got me thinking about this. Congrats to both of you on your wedding-related simchas. Wedding-related? I mean, they're they're it's a wedding. <laughs> a wedding-related simcha would
1: be like running a catering business that gets a huge contract.
0: Uh, simcha means uh, celebration in Hebrew. Thank you yeah. to Sam. Um, I'm not even going to answer his question. I just want to rant for a second. Oh, I have one. Well, you answer his question, then I'll rant. So this is a very embarrassing story about myself. Oh my god! Oh my god! I just remembered, and I know what you're going
1: to say. I don't think oh I've ever god. told this story <laughs> in public, but I think now's a good time.
2: <laughs> it took me a second.
1: I was like, "What?" Okay, so I think it was 2018, maybe 2017, <sighs> seventeen, 17 18, or eighteen. Yeah. So Bruce Maxwell kneels for the anthem. Okay. And I remember I was like out in New York City. It was like a Friday or Saturday night and he kneeled. And I was convinced it was going to be a huge deal. National news. And this is when like everyone, every conservative in America was complaining about Colin Kaepernick. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yo, Bruce Maxwell's going to be like famous. He's going to be like on every page of every newspaper in America. Like, what, what do we do? And so the next morning, I woke up and I bought a custom Bruce Maxwell jersey because I was trying to be a good little ally. And then he was out of baseball. He was out. Of, he yeah. was out. Well, he's still
0: playing somewhere in Mexico, but still in Mexico. Was, and then he was I out mean, of baseball. To be fair like to you, like months. it wasn't it's not that it wasn't a big story at the time, but the staying power was the opposite yeah. of that. Um, I really thought it was going to be like a
1: cultural moment that was going to live on forever. And the fact maybe it should have been. And the well, fact that it wasn't maybe it speaks a lot about baseball. And this is a different podcast episode, but I, then it also like parlayed its way. Didn't he pull a gun on a delivery man? Yeah,
0: it, it's he. He's had some some off the field issues since then. But, but, but we're that's pro Bruce. A, I'm pro Bruce. No, for sure. I mean, he's still again. He's still in, Mex- in the Mexican league. Um, but here's right. the thing. That's actually weirdly a perfect transition to my rant. Okay. Well, I just want to say, Jake. It, it's it's a weird
1: purchase. It ages doesn't age poorly. What ages poorly is how convinced I
0: was. You remember, like I was. Like, oh, I oh I remember it extremely well. Yeah. And and by the way, at the time, even as much as we wanted to be like, yeah, like hell yeah, Bruce Maxwell. Everyone at the MLB offices was like, dude, relax. To Jake, I
1: wore my Bruce Maxwell jersey into work. Okay, here's,
0: here's too much. That, I was doing too much. That is a perfect transition, though. Okay, because. What did you just describe, Jake? You just said that you were able to wake up the next day and order a Bruce Maxwell jersey. Oh, man. I know
1: exactly what you're going to say. Okay.
0: And regardless of the intentions and the motivations and Jake's belief that, you know, he was going to be an American (laughs) hero forever. Me, not Bruce Maxwell. (laughs) That action that Jake took, which is ordering a jersey of a player who is not good or famous is impossible in the year 2023. Heinous. It is a task that is not possible in the year 2023. Now, if I am wrong, I need you to email me at baseballbarbercast.gmail.com and tell me why I'm wrong. Because from what I can tell, Jake, in the last couple years, Scherzies have been murdered murdered by the current apparatus that runs mlbshop.com. Fanatics, and to be clear about Catch that, these I, hands. Yes. This is so frustrating. Do jerseys exist at ballparks of more than just one player? I do believe yes. Yes, so custom jerseys are a different conversation, right? But on on mlbshop.com, you can basically get at max one or two jerseys of a team, of a player. And that is ridiculous there is no way that we should that it should be impossible to get the jersey of even like the fifth best player on the team to the degree that it has become and as for people like us of course that is a huge part of our wardrobe and a huge part of, of our fandom is a jersey option where you can show i like this player and i don't need to spend 250 dollars for a jersey that is the easiest it is such a great thing for fans to be able to have and jake you know such a big part of our experience seeing, and this should apply to jerseys too, It's being out in public and walking past someone on the street and seeing the front of a jersey or a jersey. And I say, oh, look, Jake, we're about to walk past someone with a brewer's jersey. Oh, oh I can't wait to oh! see who's on the back, who's on the back. And You know, sometimes it is Prince Fielder, or Christian Yelich or someone. But then sometimes, you know, it's, it's the, you could never possibly fathom. Sometimes it's, it's, it is the backup catcher. Zach Duke. Sometimes it's a reliever and we should have the opportunity to have and wear those jerseys. It drives me crazy. And I don't know when or how this will ever get fixed, but I hope it does because it is a tragedy in our, in the memorabilia space and it pisses me off so much. Thank
1: you. I agree. And it is such a money grab too. It's, it's like you got to buy the jersey because here's the thing. You still can buy a jersey of anybody you want online. The custom jersey capability is what has been taken away yeah. from us.
0: And just the variety in general. You know, it, you literally it's so it's so bad. OK, anyway. All right. Move on. What's our next question?
1: Our next question. Let's, let's do one. Let's,
0: let's do one and bring in producer Chris. I think it's time to bring in producer Chris.
1: All right, producer Chris. Be ready. Dear. This is from Adeline. Adeline says, dear Jake and Jordan, Travis Bazana is really tearing it up on the Cape Cod League. I've been watching Cape Games on YouTube when I was supposed to be doing homework. Good job. And the dude is a stud. What are the chances he goes first overall next year in the draft? Obviously, he's got some stiff competition in J.J. Weatherholt, Nick Kurtz, Jack Caglione, and others. Love this podcast and also the shock factor and wish all of y'all the best. Sincerely, Adeline. Chris Tyler, where are you from, man? Australia. And where is Travis Bolzana from, Chris Tyler? Australia, but a different part of Australia to where I'm from. Oh. But still Australia oh. nonetheless. Okay, what is, where are you from? Where is he from? I'm from Melbourne. Oh, he's from Sydney. That's the same to me. Uh, Travis Bazana is a rising junior at Oregon State University, where he is very good at hitting and not great at defense, but we'll we'll, get, we'll work on that. Who cares? Uh, That's not who, why you
0: get drafted. You
1: don't get drafted because of your defense. <laughs> what is your experience with Travis baez not much. Okay.
0: Thank you, Chris. Jordan, sending it to you. <laughs> well, the reason why it's not just about Travis Bazana, who uh, we are getting asked about, it is also Curtis Mead, who made his major league debut over the weekend. He's been a top prospect in the Rays organization for the last few years. He is from Adelaide. So uh, I don't know if you have more ties to Adelaide versus Sydney. but The, the Adelaide buy. Either way. <laughs> the point is, is that... The history of Australian baseball in the majors is way more pitcher-friendly than it is hitter-friendly, particularly in recent years, of course, with the likes of guys like William Hendricks. And because of that, uh, we have not seen as many hitters. We have also especially not seen as many hitters who go and play Division I baseball who are straight out of high school who are very, very, very good and possible first-round picks. And that is where Travis Pazana comes in because Travis Pazana in tearing it up on the Cape League and being one of the best hitters in the uh, RIP Pac-12 over the last two seasons has a very, very good chance to not just be a first round pick in 2024, but to be a top five pick in 2024. And this is just very exciting because Curtis Meade now is going to be, you know, hopefully a big part of the race future. And like Chris, like this is, we got to get, now here's the thing. Great example. You should, you should be able to get a Curtis Meade jersey. That shouldn't be, that shouldn't be a problem. You should be able to get one, but guess what? You can't, and you probably won't ever be able to. So sorry to, sorry to tell you that. And I know that there's, there's they they make these custom, I know Jake, you sent me this link to these custom shirts that they're not jerseys. They don't look like a replica of a jersey. It's You can get a name and number, but it looks so janky and it makes it look like more of a ripoff than it actually is. I want real jerseys and you need to get a Curtis Mead one. And if someone can tell us how we can get one for Chris, I will purchase that for him, Chris. How oh. good
1: does Curtis Mead need to be for people in Australia to give a shit about him? Four <laughs> percent.
3: Very, very, very good. There'll be a small subsection. There is, there is a baseball community in Australia, but it's very, very small. It's not as big as like the NBA community or the NFL mm-hmm. community back at home. Like mm-hmm. you really have to be a big baseball fan to really care and to know about Curtis Mead and and to know about these guys who are playing in in the majors. It's unfortunate, but baseball is just not a, a particularly big thing here, which is strange because when I started playing baseball in Australia, I realized how many people actually played, right? Because I I lived about 40 minutes outside of Melbourne and within well, – outside of the city itself. So, it was still Melbourne, but it was, it was about 40 minutes outside of the city. But within a 10 to 15-minute drive of my house, there were probably – six, seven, eight different baseball clubs all with three, four, five different teams. So a lot of people play. A lot of people find it fun. I think it's uh, mainly cricketers playing in the off-season because winter baseball is much more of a thing than summer baseball in Melbourne at least. Um, So a lot of people do play, but for the general public, for something like SEN, which is the the 24-hour sports radio station that I used to work for, for them to give anyone coverage... Who's doing well in baseball? You're gonna to have to be like a everyday sort of
0: player. I that makes sense. I will say though, I do think Bazana. Not that I should tell you how it's gonna work in Australia. I do feel like if Bazana goes first overall, which is unlikely, but like if he goes in the top five, I think that the notion of going that early in a draft. Could maybe help it it, it become a story. Yeah, versus Curtis Mead, who's like kind of worked his way up through the minors, and it's harder to follow and really understand what it means to be a prospect to be like a top five pick. Kind of, I feel like would hit more on a headline versus being like Curtis Mead is in the futures game. If that makes sense.
3: Yeah, it it, would certainly be a story if he goes top five. But then once he has to battle it it out in the the minors for a couple of years, then you sort of forget about him, and then maybe he gets called up, and it becomes a new story again. But Mm -hmm. at for it to to have the staying power to totally. where you're talking about these players, you know, every couple of weeks or something like that, you're really going to have to crack a rotation and and mm-hmm. be putting up some decent numbers. Because unfortunately, because I, I love baseball, but no one, it's it's definitely not in the top five, six, seven different sports right. that people care about. Um,
0: Makes sense. The, the wider public cares about in in Australia. Well, we're rooting for Trav. Mm. Travis and, and Curtis are going are gonna to carry Australian baseball in the uh, in the next WBC. That is for sure. Uh, Jake, thank you, Chris. Uh, what is our next question?
1: Let's do one more. Going pretty long. Ryan. Eh, two more. Ryan on weird players. Hey, guys. As an Angel fan watching Otani just get walked all the time, it made me think about two extreme hitters. One hitter hits a home run every five plate appearances, but strikes out every other at-bat. Finishing with a sweet stat line of 200, 200, 800. The other walks every single at bat and has this sweet stat line. Zero, 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 one thousand, zero, zero, zero. Which batter would get paid more on the open market? I feel like the home run hitter would be better, but I think the everyday, every day, every walk guy would add more value to an already good team. What do you think?
0: So the math here stated this way is is fascinating and very fun but another outcome of the players he is describing is somebody is that is literally hitting like 120 home runs right in a season. So that would be pretty difficult for a lot of teams to ignore. However, you're comparing that with somebody reaching base, you know, 700 times or 650 times. So what's more valuable for your team? I don't, no, <laughs> I think that the strikeouts, I think one homer every five plate appearances is, is all is that's close enough to one, a game that like, that's, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you're I think also
1: breaking the all time. You're, you're breaking Barry Bonds, single season. Record. That's what I said. Yeah. He's yeah, like you're, 120 you're, that's home run. huge for the for yeah. marketing.
0: Yeah. And, and really like, it's interesting. Cause if, If this player is guaranteed, if it is literally every five and it's basically timed out that way and it's not like random within every five, you know what I mean? Like if he hits, he could hit homers in back to back plate appearances, but then that would mean that he would then strike out in his next eight versus if it's literally like like a rotation, like every five exact plate appearances, he's hitting a home run. That would make it also very interesting. But as far as who would be more valuable, I mean, again, there's just so many home runs that it's pretty difficult to turn down. But I don't know. There it is obvious. This is also kind of a math problem that probably could be solved. The other thing about the home run guy is like uh, he comes up. Uh, it's a strikeout at bat.
1: Comes <laughs> up, bases loaded, two outs, like you're pinching it. You know.
0: Well, right. So I I don't know how you manage that if if it's that locked into that degree. At the same time, no matter how good, no matter how many, they reach space every time. Why am I going to the ball yard to watch Mr. I walk every time? True. You know, I mean, maybe if he's stealing bags, right. But otherwise, like that's not a fan favorite at all. So that's a good question though. I just I'm not excited to watch that guy though. That that would be, I guess, my point. Versus the guy that I know is gonna homer basically every time I'm there.
1: Last question. This is from Jackson. Hey Jake and Jordan. I've had a question floating around in my head for a few weeks now. It all started during the Blake Snell interview in which he revealed he had no idea what WRC Plus was. While I am a mutual Blake Snell hater, like Jake, this statement became more important since Snell has been the best pitcher on the planet since he did that interview. Did Blake learn what weighted runs created plus means and implemented it in his pitching philosophy? Or has he not changed a thing and just gone on a now seemingly normal Blake Snell run of good starts? I'd been on the latter, That's what I. This leads to the obvious question, what players would benefit from learning about Statcast metrics and who should ignore saber metrics? think the obvious answer is Eric Hosmer is ground ball rate. While I'm not sure, while I'm sure someone in the last three years has told him to lift the ball, it clearly has not been a priority. Hope you guys have fun with this concept. I love the live show in Baltimore and talking to you guys. Thanks, Jackson. A very happy O's fan. Jackson
0: Holiday, thank you for the email. <laughs> Jackson Holiday, the happiest O's fan. Um, This is interesting because we had a conversation about Snell and You know, should it be surprising that players don't know stats that we use all the time now? No, shouldn't. But his example of Eric Hosmer, like, this is kind of a different question, right? Because understanding what the stat is and knowing that it is a flaw is very different than fixing it. Now, it's possible Eric Hosmer has not. Actively tried to lift the ball more, but there's also a chance he cannot. And that's the thing, right? Right. Blake Snell, you say, hey, Blake Snell, your walk rate is really high. Well, he knows that, right? But (laughs) if you pull up a more advanced stat that says Blake Snell's command sucks, it's that's not like there's certain metrics and things within a player's profile that can actively be fixed or changed. Maybe that's the spin axis. I mean, then we're getting into goofier stuff, but like those are more real things that players can change the outcome. product, You know, the stats, like if they know I'm giving up too many walks, I'm giving them too many home runs, like whatever they, they know that they might not know the exact number to calculate it. They, they do know it. And so it's more of a question of what is actually, what do they actually need to know that they can change versus should know For the sake of being a baseball human in 2023.
1: Yeah, so for pitching, it's a lot of release point, pitch mix, location, things like
0: that. Pitch mix, how you're attacking hitters. Hey, dude, your fastball in 1-1 counts against lefties is getting murdered. So stop throwing that, right? Right. That is an actionable change.
1: Whereas Blake Snell not knowing what WRC Plus means, I genuinely think that doesn't matter. One freaking bit, yeah, because it doesn't have any real impact on him. now, what he what he needs to know is, how is Chris Taylor against sliders?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: right? How is CJ Crone against changeups? Those mm-hmm. are the things that he needs to have an understanding. or even like, how does my fastball play against a hitter with short arms, mm-hmm. right? That's way more important than outcome stats that he Yes, would that's
0: for make. us. That's for our fun to analyze and compare players and to say, this guy sucks and this guy's better than this guy. Like, we don't, that's, that's not the player. That is ex- very much not the player's job. <laughs> and so it can be funny to us when the players who we ascribe numbers to, you know, it's one thing for the Snell WRC Plus example, right? But like, it'd be it'd be a different thing if, you know, Juan Soto didn't know what OPS Plus was. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, right? But like, that is a very quintessential stat that explains why Juan Soto is a hitting god, right? Is OPS Plus. Does he need to know that? No, but that would be at least funnier. Whereas to your point, Snell knowing WRC Plus or not in advanced hitting statistics, means absolutely nothing. We can still laugh about it. it. means absolutely nothing. This
1: is former PGA Tour winner, Smiley Kaufman, host of The Smiley Show, a XM podcast. You want to know what I love about golf? I get to talk to some really cool people. I get to walk the fairways of the best courses in the world with the best players in the world. And I get to share it with you every single week. Listen to The Smiley Show right now on Stitcher, Pandora, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's Smiley, S-M-Y-L-I-E.
0: Welcome back to Baseball Barbercast. Uh, Thank you again to everyone who emailed us. You can email us baseballbarbercast at gmail.com. Keep those coming. Uh, second half of this show is going to be A fragment of two conversations we had back in Seattle at the Futures game. You heard uh, bits and pieces of them when we posted our Futures game special back at the time. But we wanted to include a couple more of these here today. The first one you're going to hear is Diamondback shortstop prospect Jordan Lawler. uh, Of course, one of the top prospects in the sport. Someone who I think we could see in the big leagues very soon. Um, and We didn't, didn't get to include much of that in, in our last podcast with the Futures Gamers. So uh, first, you're going to hear from him. And then after that, you're going to hear from probably my favorite personality that we talked to uh, during the Futures Game. And that is Victor Scott from the St. Louis Cardinals. Victor Scott, someone who you heard us uh, have a conversation with him last time about being one of the fastest players in minor league baseball. You know he's already up to now uh, over 70 stolen bases this season, which is just ridiculous. He's you know coming for 80, 90, maybe 100 by the end of the year. So you heard us talk about him being fast, but he's also uh, a, really an interesting trajectory. A, a Georgia boy that ended up playing at uh, West Virginia University. So uh, you're gonna hear some funny stuff about how that happened, and some 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 uh, Morgantown specific. Uh, jokes and, and whatnot. So I think you'll enjoy that. I think you'll enjoy Jordan and Victor. So uh, I will get out of the way and hope you enjoy these conversations with Jordan Lawler and Victor Scott. Jordan Lawler, Arizona Diamondbacks. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you, sir?
2: I'm great. I'm great. I just got off the flight, but I'm happy to be here. How's the flight? Flight was okay. Yeah, it was long, but it was good. It was, it was
0: good. okay. Yeah, uh, just I'm telling you, other guys have had longer flights to get here. I bet yeah. you. You, you, <laughs> you probably know this is as far as it gets uh, for a lot of these. A lot of these prospects coming here. Now, you told us you're, you're coming in from from Springfield, playing in the Texas League. You are currently playing for the Amarillo Sod Poodles, and. As, you know, Jake and I, we've we've grown in this game loving minor league baseball, and we're so desensitized to it. All these crazy minor league team names, we're just like, oh, yeah, of course. Oh, we got these, and we got the Trash Pandas, and we got the, the Cannonballers. That's all normal to us. You are a poodle. You're a sod poodle. A soddy. Son you're a yeah. sod poodle. Like, <laughs> when you first get there, is there any amount, like, it's just like, is it normal for you guys, too? Or is there a part of you, when you're putting your jersey on every day, you're like... I'm a poodle. I'm a poodle. All right.
2: I mean that jersey's all right, but then we have the calf ride jersey, which is even more interesting. That one up. Okay, <laughs>
0: okay I'll have to. I'll do some cow research. A cow, oh, the cow yeah, testicles. Yeah. Again, we're always pushing the boundaries. So that one's a little interesting. The, ca- the cow testicles. It's <laughs> yeah. like, what? What are we trying to push here? Right? Like, why? Who asked for this? I, I think, think we're trying to push cow
1: testicles. I guess what we we're are. trying to push. <laughs> I'm you not an expert are. in the matter, but that seems like the deal.
0: Um. So. I've where do you? I have a million questions. All right, let's here we'll do this. Jordan Lawler, you have been good at baseball for for quite some time, right? It seems like you I mean, that's been actually actually this a good place to start. When did you know you were good at baseball? Cuz we now now we know. Yeah. I think we're pretty sure at this point you're good. <laughs> but there was a time when maybe you didn't know you were good at baseball, but so then when did that change?
2: Yeah. I mean, I never can answer that question. I don't ever have a pinpoint answer to that, but I mean, my last year in Visalia, that kind of proved to me i was like okay i can do this
0: mm, okay so not even until then
2: yeah i mean i knew a little bit but like that wasn't you actually pro ball <laughs> you're like oh yeah, okay so you weren't the, even convinced at any point during high so much,
0: school yeah. for your first round pick you're like i am good enough to get the opportunity i but i yeah for mm-hmm. that i
2: was yeah i always felt like i was a step ahead you know okay on yes and yes so. yes but as far as pro ball once you actually get into the meat of it you know mm-hmm. like it's a little different but mm-hmm. once you can do that prove it to yourself you have mm-hmm. that confidence yeah mm-hmm. Uh, that just allows you to play the highest level.
1: So I want to ask you about the summer circuit because Mm -hmm. a lot of the guys who were here went through that as young as 13, 14 years old. You spend your whole summer playing showcase ball, travel ball to get scouted. When you're going through that type of competitive atmosphere, how do you make sure that you're not losing the love of it, that you're not getting worn out, Mm -hmm. that the, It doesn't become a job because now it's a job and you understand that. But when you're 13 and 14, I imagine that that type of pressure is something that is very difficult for a teenager to handle. So when you look back on that experience,
2: how do you think you were able to stay grounded through it all? I think it just starts with the people you have around you. So I came up with the same summer ball team from nine U up until 18. So I had the same core guys that I started playing baseball with and, uh, those friendships obviously keep you coming back and all the time off the field you spend together. I think that translates pro ball too. Like these guys I have on my team, we're hanging out outside the field. We're having fun. So it's in both fields of the game. Like you're, you're just hanging out and having a good time.
0: Is that weird by the time you're 16, 17 that, you know, you look across, you're playing catch and you're like, I – you, you, when you were eight, like yeah, that's, uh-huh. that's wow. So really the same group, like how many guys, I assume it wasn't the I'd whole say, team was the same yeah. all the way up, but like, what's the, what was the core group? Probably and I assume these full. are still yeah, some I'd of your best four, friends. Four or four, five. Yeah. Okay. And they all went on to play. Yeah. What's where, where, game where game. are they at now? We could we can yeah, shout yeah. out some people like, uh, what are we talking couple, about
2: here? So a couple were at like DVU um, and then some other D ones around the country. But yeah, I'd say probably one of my best friends is at DVU.
0: Love that. Okay, there you go. So now you were committed to Vanderbilt. Do you ever think now, obviously off to this great start in a pro career, no necessarily regrets, Mm -hmm. but do you ever think like, man, what would I be doing in the SEC? (laughs) Both, I think about this from, it's easy for me, as just like a total dork who can never imagine being this good at baseball. Like, damn, the numbers I'll be putting up, these juice balls. You know, I get to use metal bats again. Oh, man, this would be crazy. So that's the very, you know, goofy guy. But, like, do you ever think about that? What would it be like if you were at Vanderbilt?
2: I have, yeah, especially watching the College World Series. like okay. I went. Yeah, at, so are you
0: still, like, a fan? Like, you still watch? And I you, do, yeah. yeah. I
2: try to follow along mm-hmm. more so College World Series mm-hmm. just because I was there, uh, what, the year before I got drafted just to yes. check it out. And oh, atmosphere. so you went to but Omaha? When they played Mississippi State, yeah. I was at that, the second game, first and second game of that series. Oh my goodness! Uh, so yeah, it was pretty crazy atmosphere, and I was like, I have to watch this in
1: 2021. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been like when it was rocker and lighter, mm-hmm. and- yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. that's yeah.
0: so I right. And what do you? I mean, do you think about it from a competitive standpoint? Like, do you imagine? You know, we we talked to some guys. We talked to Drew Gilbert in here earlier, right? Being yeah. on that Tennessee team and then going to play in minor league baseball. You know, you just go straight in to the minors and deal with that. You think about that from the the the, the crowd and the pressure. Like, what, what elements of it do you kind of think the most about?
2: Yeah, honestly, it's hard to say just Mm because I wasn't there. So it's hard for me to speak on something I wouldn't know. But, yeah, I've heard stories from my teammates and Mm -hmm. uh, everything. But, yeah, it's hard for me to comment on that.
0: Yeah. Do you still have, like, an affinity for Vanderbilt? Because do you feel it's like safe. you still it's are are, are watching them closer than any other school? It's I guess you are yeah. and you your friends at DBU though, so you yeah. know we're, we're we're keeping the eye answer on
1: that. for what would he be doing if he was still in the <laughs> SEC would be running polls for <laughs> for Corbs. 5 yes. <laughs> Wake up, yeah. That, 5 is, the, yeah. that uh, is the answer to that Omaha question. Omaha Challenge, all that stuff. Omaha right? Challenge, yeah. baby. Now it's Phoenix Challenge. So my question for you: uh, You've been good at baseball your whole life. What are you bad at? What is something not necessarily a sport? What is something that you struggle with? For me, I can't ice skate. Mm-hmm. I'm horrible at oh. it. Uh, I leave my dirty clothes around the house, which my girlfriend doesn't like. What is something that you need to improve at? Uh,
2: ice skating. Yeah. Ice skating, skating. <laughs> is exactly one of those. Skate anything off the ground is a little tough for me. So. Interesting. No okay. skating. No skateboarding.
0: No, oh, okay. Kind of so, dedicated. like extreme sports, and that's probably yeah. you know, D backs obviously don't want you doing that anyway. But like, like, yes, he's bad at hang gliding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. He's not going to be tempted by the snowmobile. Jordan
1: Lawler is an ass ATV rider. Right. We'd like, love like, to woof, hear
0: that. It. Is the best news we've we've heard. uh, yeah. uh Okay. That's, that's the-
1: like you imagine like you're you're like a scouting director. You do an interview, and the guy's like. Yeah, I love hang gliding. It's like, like oh, yeah. bungee jumping is my. That thing. was the worst
0: possible <laughs> oh, answer. Shit. Skydiving. All day. Worst possible. No, yeah, no, it's no. Like, no. Say the please say the opposite <laughs> of that. <laughs> like, uh, what has been the most? Uh, what, what's the craziest thing you've seen on a baseball field? Whether it's been in in your nine U travel yeah. ball or up here in in pro ball.
2: Yeah, this year actually with Bliss Ryan Bliss, he's here. Okay. Uh, yes. So we were in Northwest Arkansas, second week of the season. It's extra innings, tenth inning, uh-huh. and there's this chopper, two outs, chopper to him. In-between hop, bad hop, comes, gets it. He's playing short. He's at second. He's at second, yep. He goes in, misses it, and then it hits his knee. Hits off his knee, goes goes to our third baseman, (laughs) catches it in the air. Coach is wheeling him because he's like, this ball's not going to go to the third baseman, right? So then sends him, guys out by 45 feet. And somehow he knees the ball to our third baseman. Third baseman throws it home. Where is the third In baseman the standing?
0: That is incredible. He's I'm excited games. to find somehow this. Somehow he just there's a
2: video of it somewhere on Twitter. It's it. like a pool shot. It was Wait, like a where where shot. are you? I'm wa- I'm watching this
0: whole thing. <laughs> you're <laughs> not you're not even So the ball is is basically hit towards Ryan It's hit directly one base, a chopper yeah. to second base. Uh, yeah. He charges it I guess uh, it's and a it's a it's, tough hop,
2: hits off his knee. It looks like almost somehow. like a trick shot but it's like crazy. defense. Yeah, yeah, but it was nasty. It was
0: perfect. Wow. And to, to win the game. That's a tough yeah, field. And if you're the if you're the base runner, you're no, you're but dazed you can't, and confused. You can't be mad if you're the hitter. no. You're not mad. No. If you're the
1: hitter, you can't be mad because like you didn't really get it, right? Like you just kind of you yeah. chop.
0: Oh, oh no, that's, yeah. no I'm yeah. talking about the guy the that got runner. thrown out. Because uh-huh. that that's this guy too. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. Bags, yeah. that's, that's tough, tough. turkey, man. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. okay. Well, that's a great answer. That's that's, great. A, that's a that's that is a a fantastic answer. Yeah. So
1: I want to mm-hmm. ask you about Corbin Carroll because I know you guys are relatively tight. What has it been like for you to see him? just thrive Mm -hmm. in the big leagues at such a young age when you're kind of still going through your minor league journey like are you turning the games on at night Mm -hmm. are you interacting with him every day are you still dreaming about what it's going to look like when you reach that spot and be there with him and all these other guys
2: yeah I try to watch every game if I can since they're um, on a different time zone we're in Texas I can catch the last few innings every now and then Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'll check in on that and then Obviously, I'm always rooting for him. It's exciting to see him. I know how hard he works off the field. I was with him in spring training, so um, you guys living together in it. spring. We did, yeah. So, I mean, it's everything um, I would expect from him, honestly.
1: What is Corbin Carroll like as a roommate? Mm. Is he uh, solid? Dude, yeah. solid. solid. He's yeah. clean.
2: Solid, clean dude. Cooks. Yeah, Cooks. Does the dishes. Those. That's more important. We we all do, yeah. No, uh, okay. He's, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. This is like the, <laughs> that is like the most
1: goody two shoes apartment situation ever. Jordan Lawler. Yeah, it's like and, and where are the flaws. They're, just, they're like you know they get home from
0: the game. They're like sweeping the
1: floor and they're like manicuring the hedges. <laughs> Was it just like, you
0: two? We got anybody else?
2: We had a couple: Fletcher, Dominic.
0: Closiers, oh, another guest, of course. Angel, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Um, Dom. I think Dom's up there right now, actually. Yeah, yeah, he's up and there. Then, uh,
1: Kenzo. So Dom, Double Dom. All right. Yeah. There you go. What a crew.
0: What mm-hmm. what uh what is it about Carroll if you could just pick one thing about his just his game yeah. that's just like the most impressive? Because for me, yeah. just watching him uh-huh. since he, you know, was drafted whatever, the power that he has mm-hmm. is so it's like literally stunning because it just doesn't it's like hard to kind of process how hard and how far he's hitting the ball with both the kind of swing he has and obviously just not that big. So that's for me, yeah. but I don't know what, what what you what do you think?
2: I'd say power and then even the attention to detail. Like he's so dialed in on what Mm -hmm. he wants to do, his game planning. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's amazing to watch, honestly, how he goes about his business, prep to the game, all that.
0: He's pretty good. Yes, he's pretty
1: good. Uh, Jordan Lawler, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a phenomenal rest of your day. Yeah. Phenomenal rest of your time here in Seattle, and hopefully we'll see you in the big leagues pretty soon. Appreciate it.
0: Welcome back to Baseball cast I am Jordan. That is Jake. That is Victor Scott. Victor Scott joining us here on the show. Victor, thank you so much. Congratulations. How are you doing? You're, you're here at the Futures Game. That's I feel like that's pretty cool, right?
4: Yeah, it's super, super amazing, man. Super, definitely a blessing. Couldn't imagine that I would be here a year ago from now. So oh,
0: Okay, so you know what? <laughs> Let's do that rewind a year. What what's Victor Scott up to a year ago and and tell us about this this very fast baseball journey that has
4: kind of gotten you to this point and having an incredible season in the minors in the Cardinals minor league system. Right, so I just finished I just finished uh my West Virginia season uh 2022 and then a couple of days later after we didn't hear that we got the bid to go um into the tournament, I drove straight to Massachusetts uh and to straight to Ketuitt and the Cape Cod League and um so about this time last year I was just finishing up then and then Kinda I think I went to New York for a little bit and uh kinda chilled out there to see how that was and then went back home, packed up my stuff at West Virginia actually, and then drove all the way back home. So I basically traveled the whole East Coast uh, about this time last year. Lot of for the draft.
0: A lot of miles. So let's let's actually rewind a little bit more because I wanna know how a Georgia boy ends up in the land of jed jerko
4: okay (laughs) jed jerko jed jerko drive (laughs) Drive.
0: Drive. oh exposed exposed it said that is a man who's
1: clearly actually been in morgantown a lot that is a man who has typed jed jerko drive
4: (laughs) into google maps into google maps into google maps into Ways. he's into (laughs) whoa whoa
0: okay well we thank you we're learning so much about victor so quickly okay so that's my question. How does that happen? Because I imagine, you know, you're in Georgia. There's a, a,
4: and there's a lot of different ways this happens, and recruiting is a fascinating world. So just tell us, how does, how does that happen? So, so actually, I was big into basketball. So I played baseball and basketball growing up, as well as football for a year. And then uh, I was huge into basketball. So I thought I was going to the NBA. And then my dad sat me down. Actually, both my parents sat me down and said, uh, which one do you feel like you're going to be more impactful in? So I said, baseball. And then we kind of just started working towards that from there. And then after that, I got with the Georgia Scorpions and Heath Phillips. And then he said, man, you're a talent that that no one has has yet to see, really. So um, I got on the circuit from him or by him. And then I started to perform well after my junior summer of um, high school. And then that's how I kind of got my name out there. And then West Virginia was like my second offer, I believe. And I definitely t- – I told myself I want to go to, like, a Power 5 conference and be able to start at a Power 5 conference. So they said, man, if you work hard enough, you may have that opportunity. So God's willing, I, I had the opportunity to to go to a place and start.
1: What's the cultural adjustment like?
4: Like, because I imagine you had spent a lot
1: of your childhood in and around, like, in Georgia, and Morgantown, West Virginia is a different place. I mean, Morgan- place.
0: Morgantown's different than everywhere. Yeah. There's really not anywhere else you can compare it
1: to. So like freshman year you show up on campus, are you, is there like some homesickness? Is there, like, how do you get comfortable there? I mean, your parents are in this room. I'm sure they could tell some stories too, but like what's freshman year like adjusting
4: to such a new place? Man, I, uh, when I first got there, like I remember like calling my parents. I was like, well, this is, it's a pretty cool place. Actually, like when I first arrived, I never have seen so many hills in my life like the the largest mountainous things i've ever seen it was it was there and uh like my ears popped when i was driving and i was yep. like that has never happened to me ever before yeah so i, th- I thought that this was, is like, different super crazy this is different but um as like a freshman they they like piled us up with so many things to do in a day like rather it be like lift study hall classes practice so i had so many things to do and like not to say I i, I forgot to like call my parents but I forgot you were to in. call my parents. Like I was, I was, just, you were in. Yeah. I was, I was had a lot of things to do. And then I ended up like calling my mom and my dad and was like, I am booked up right now. Like, this is crazy. Like, like
0: sorry, can you put something on my schedule? I, I just have so, so much going on.
4: That's such a good sign. When you're a parent, you say you're, kids Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you
0: you're not hearing from, hear
1: from them, they're probably either totally fine or there's something <laughs> really wrong. Right. <laughs> like it's never Most, in the middle, but
0: generally I think it sounds like things were going really well. So now on the field, uh, we were talking to someone earlier who you know who grew up playing in, in california um playing baseball in west virginia it's a little bit colder than it is down in atlanta okay so i imagine there's a first time where it's like oh now i got to try to do this and wear more layers than i normally do so what what was that first experience was it in fall ball was it in the spring when was that like
4: um i feel like it was it was like the beginning of spring Okay. So like the beginning the February, of like, February. February yeah. season, yeah. We're, yeah we're, like mm-hmm. when we came back home and like in January, because we left uh, in December and it actually wasn't terrible. Um, it was like manageable, but um we got back and then that's like the first time I've ever been in negative degree weather. So <laughs> fun? Um, it was fun? Yeah, no, nah. yeah, <laughs> no, nah, 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 yeah. Nah. Do you
0: have I mean you did you own clothes? prepared for that yeah, I had okay coats you, and yeah. i had
4: like ski masks and all that good stuff and then i remember our coach saying like if it's below a certain temperature we're going inside for practice okay so they what was their, temperature yeah there that was temperature was 30 degrees <laughs> we practiced and it was 23 outside and i, I was You're like, like hey, hey coach, coach i think it's seven degrees off you know hey we coach inside, right no, no one wants to be, be that person, person though right like you
1: go you go to the practice hey, you say like, something you say something
0: yeah
4: <laughs> you want to you tell me it's 23 uh, <laughs> yeah
0: man it was that's
4: crazy crazy cold
0: so how does that impact your game? Because your game is we have now, if you just go ahead, if you don't know anything, now you're listening to Victor Scott, maybe you're looking up his baseball reference page, and there's one column that stands out. This guy likes to run. This guy can yes. steal bases with the best of them. Uh, how does that work when it's 30 degrees? Is it easier? Is it like or is it fun because it's like, oh, I'm I'm warming up? <laughs> like I'm actually more motivated to run because I will get, you know, gain some heat. So how does it? How does that? This the speed element
4: translate to when it is absolutely freezing? No, I would just say just be warmed up as possible. Just be loose so you're not going out there pulling any hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, that's or the any risk or you know, anything like that. So I would just say try to get out there thirty minutes prior to and and really like get your heart rate up and get your blood flowing because I don't. I don't want to see anyone go out there and like pull like a hamstring of cold weather man. cold weather already is hard enough. So pulling a hamstring in it is even worse.
1: I have one more question for you. Uh, if you're going home for one weekend, what are you eating? Where Where are you going out to eat?
4: First place, Waffle House. Waffle House.
1: Yep. What has life been like for you? In case anyone doubted, he was from Georgia. Yeah, okay, he's from Georgia. <laughs> have you had access to uh, sufficient Waffle Housery mm-hmm. throughout your <laughs> professional baseball career so far? In, in West Virginia, was there a Waffle House? Nope. No, so it's no a little too far house, north, man. No
4: Waffle House in West Virginia. No Waffle House in the Midwest League. Yeah. No waffle, waffle House in the Midwest League. Yeah, lead. there's nope, not. Nope. Nope. And then went to Central. I got promoted to AA. Arkansas. We got. Now we're, Waffle now House right we're, next we're to the hotel. Hey! hey! So take, we're in take. business, baby. All-star meal. Yep. Oh, my meal. God. <laughs> Mazel oh,
0: tov. And then, and then that, if you take a look at the numbers, it reflects. It reflects. The Waffle House is fueling one hell of a season for you, Victor. Uh, we... I have a hundred more questions about being fast, but we will let you go and run away from us, run away from your dad, run away from everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Victor Scott. We appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you. Welcome back to the end of Baseball Barbacast. Thanks again to everyone who emailed us. Thank you uh, in the past to Victor Scott and Jordan Lawler who have appeared on the podcast once again. And thank you all for listening. We appreciate your support and patience and all the well wishes for my wedding, which by the time you're listening to this has already concluded and, and for Jake's recent engagement, all kinds of uh, you know adult happenings here for Jake and I, as we have grown up over the past 10 years doing this podcast and making baseball things together. But we appreciate all the support. Thank you to Chris Tyler for producing this episode. Uh, we will be back on Wednesday with a full regular baseball cast with actual timely insight and analysis and reactions to everything happening in the baseball world but until then uh thank you for listening and talk to you very soon serious xm podcasts